Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so excited that you joined with us today. We consider it an honor to host you wherever you are right now. Now, let's get ready for today's message. It is so good to be out of my house today and to be at Bethesda Church in West Virginia. This is my first time preaching outside of my house in like six weeks. Like I didn't even know what to do. I had to find my Bible. I was worried that maybe my wife sold it on eBay so we get extra money. I'm just kidding. But I was so excited when Pastor uh, asked me if I'd come. I said, yes, absolutely, I'll come. I will be there. Actually, I, it's like, if you ever saw the scene on The Office when Michael had that interview, I actually like came like a week early, just in case. Like, I was camping out. I've been at the McDonald's down the street, like five miles down the road, just in case you needed me earlier. But I'm so excited to be here and to be worshiping with you. And thank you, wherever you're watching this, if you're in your house or in your car, hopefully you're not driving. Well, you could be listening or driving in your car, but wherever you are, I am so glad to be with you today. And I'm, I'm proud of you. You say, well, as far as how can you be proud of me? You haven't seen me in a year. I'm proud of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and the way we have responded to this pandemic. We could have shriveled up and died. We could have laid down in the fetal position and just cried about everything that was going wrong but we did something different. We took over every medium of media. We took over television, the radio, the internet. We didn't stop giving. We're like Isaac. We've been sowing and famine and reaping a hundredfold. And, and, and the church has just put on a beautiful display of what it is to fulfill Hebrews 10, 24, 25, that says, not forsaking, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves like some have the custom, when all this COVID business came in and we had to quarantine, we didn't, we didn't give up. We just found another way to get together. And, and I'm, just, I'm just so proud to be alive for this moment in history for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And like I said, I'm just excited to be here. I've, I've been preaching in my living room. Like this is the first time I've had to actually put pants on and not just preach in shorts, okay? So like I wore shoes and I even got fancy and put on socks today. Hairspray in my hair so I could preach this sermon to you. And I promise I'm not gonna ramble. We're gonna have a good time. But I wanna base my sermon today off of Jeremiah 29 and verse four. This is a, a verse that I found late last year and it really encouraged my spirit and I think it's the right verse for this moment in history. Jeremiah 29 and 4. And, and by the way, this is why the children of Israel are in exile. This is why they're being captive and held in quarantine, all right? This is what the Lord, this is, this is how it starts. It says, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives that he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Verse 5, build homes, plant gardens, and eat the food that they produce. Marry, all the single people said amen. And have children, the married people have the children. And then find spouses, the people that aren't married. And so, and, and find spouses for them so that I'm getting all, see I told you, I'm so nervous, it's like I never preached before. Find spouses for them so that they may have many grandchildren. And, it, and here's the key, multiply, do not dwindle away. That's what I wanna talk to you about. Do not dwindle away. You know, it's crazy to announce during this season 
the blessing of the Lord. But I submit to you, I decree to you today that we are a blessed people. We are, the Bible says that we're called holy and righteous. Revelation says that he has made us both kings and priests unto God and his father. We are heirs to the kingdom of God. We have an inheritance. We have favor all over our life, even in the middle of a pandemic. If you're sick, he's your healer. If you're in need, he's the provider. If you've fallen, he's the lifter up of your head. And I heard an old preacher, his name is Bishop G.E. Patterson, since, uh, since the, you know he's gone on to be with the Lord. But I heard Bishop Patterson say many years ago, he said, salvation is free, but it ain't cheap. There is nothing cheap about serving the Lord. There is a cost to following Christ. There is a price to pay. You better believe it. You're going to lose some things. You're going to lose some friendships. You're going to lose some habits. There are some things that are going to have to die. To follow Christ, you got to remember where you come from. I'm not talking about your na national origin. I'm not talking about what college you went to. But I'm talking about you got to remember that you and I come from the dust of the earth. We got to remember that outside of Christ, we are absolutely nothing, but through him, we're more than conquerors. And you'll find that if you're going to really live for God, first you have to die in God. If you're going to be blessed of the Lord, there's some things that have to be stripped away. There are habits and relationships and desires and old wishes that have to die so that new things can be formed and new things can come in and new desires and new dreams can fill your mind. And yet, after everything that you might have to pay as a cost to serving the Lord, even after all the things that we might say are a sacrifice, we can still declare that we are blessed and we are favored of the Lord because as the old things pass away, Behold, all things are made new. So we can go through old sickness, but we come out with an experience of healing. We can go on a journey, but he makes a way where there was no way. Our, our problems, our drama, our issues, is, we're just like everybody else. Everybody has drama. Everybody has issues. But the difference is that in the kingdom of heaven, our drama turn into testimonies and sermons of the mercy and the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hell comes against us just like everyone else. But when hell comes against us, the Lord raises up a standard against whatever hell tries to bring against us. And even our worst days turn into our best days because God will take the negative and turn it into positive. God will take what was meant for our evil and turn it into our good. And yes, there'll be a price to pay. And yes, sometimes we'll get bumped and bruised and scarred, but we'll walk out with a blessing. And the reason is because we are favored to prosper. God's hand is on our life. And I say again, you say you are declaring this when there is a down economy and so many people don't know what tomorrow brings. You're right. I don't know what tomorrow brings, but I know who holds my tomorrow. And it's the same God that blessed me yesterday. I have a trajectory with Jesus. He's been good to me all along the way. Four years ago, I buried my first wife, the mother of my children. And at that time, I had to make a decision. We had just lived through hell on earth, but I had to make a decision. I can't let six months of hell deter me from serving the Lord because I had a trajectory 
with Jesus of blessing and favor and healing and victory. And I had to make a decision four years ago. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And God took that, and we served the Lord. And then I met Gina, and God made all things new in our home. And now someone had asked us, they said, how can you stay motivated? How can you stay full of faith? And I said, you'd have to understand my testimony. You'd have to understand Gina's testimony. 11 years ago, she lost her first husband, and we never did get to go back to our normal. We had to walk in a new normal, but that didn't deter our praise. That didn't deter our faith because we know in whom we have believed. So when COVID happened and quarantine happened, that same faith had to kick in on the inside of us. We've been down this path before. When the unknown becomes the known and the invisible becomes the visible drama that we're living through. But we know what we did before when others were putting their hope in their money and putting their hope in chariots and in horses like the Bible said. We put our trust in the name of the Lord. So when COVID came around, we put our sleeves up and we said, we're going to do it again. We're going to trust in the Lord because we're favored to prosper. We've walked through the valley of the shadow of death. We've walked through hell and high water, and God sustained us. God blessed us. And if God did it there, then I just trust that God's going to do it here. I wish you were in this sanctuary so you could give God a praise right now because you are favored to prosper. Amen. We're favored to prosper. I walk into sickness, but I'm favored, so I walk out with healing. I walk through times of need, but I'm favored, so I walk out with prosperity. I think that's what you would call favor. When you don't have a lot, but God somehow makes a way when there was no way. When everything doesn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out, but somehow you make it through, it's because you're favored to prosper. <coughs> There's a very wise pastor in the Atlanta area named Bishop Dale Bronner, an incredible man of God. He's just, a, a, just incredible wisdom. And I spent some time with him a few years ago in Atlanta, and we were talking about money. We were talking about wealth. And he asked me, he said, Tony, how do you measure wealth? Now, I was born in 1980. I'm finally admitting how old I am because, see, in the ministry, I started young. I was very young when I started preaching, but now I'm going to be 40. Everybody was always older than me, so I always lied about my age. Like, they'd be like, brother, are you 32? I'd be, amen. I was like 19, but I just, you know, because if you told your real age, they'd send you to preach in children's church. And so I always lied about my age, but now that I'm 40, there's no use to lying. I mean, like 50 is like, pa-pow, right, right there. So I'm finally admitting how old I was. So I was born in 1980. So when Bishop Bronner asked me, he said, how do you measure wealth? I said, like Uncle Scrooge on DuckTales. I measure wealth by accumulation. I see Uncle Scrooge swimming in the money for all you Gen Xers or, or even early, early millennials that remember that. So Uncle Scrooge would get in that money tower and he'd just swim in the gold coins. To me, that's wealth. The accumulation of what you have. And he said, see, that's the problem. Wealth isn't measured in accumulation. That's not how you measure wealth. He said, wealth is not measured in how much you have, but in how little you need. That changed my perspective about money. 
He said it's not about how much you have, but how little you need. Maybe you can't go to Rodeo Drive and buy out every store in Beverly Hills, but you can but you could be a boss at Walmart. Maybe you don't have enough to buy a $1,000 pair of shoes, but my goodness, if Payless Shoe Store ever comes out of bankruptcy, you will get every BOGO they have in that store. It's not about how much I have. It's about how little I need. Maybe I don't have a castle, but I have a house. Maybe I, maybe I don't have a yacht, but I have a car. And you say, well, I don't even have a car. Well, thank God you have Uber. I mean, you got, you got to find the positive. You got to find that, you know what? I might not have a lot, but there's not a lot that I'm missing in my life. I have, maybe you don't have to work five jobs. Maybe you don't have, there are some that are watching. Your parents had to work two, three, four, four or five jobs just for you to have ends meet when you were a child. But look at you now sitting home with your one job, your fancy self, sitting there quarantined with your stimulus check, hanging out at the house. Come on, look at you. You're favored. You're blessed. You got to choose to view it from heaven's standpoint rather than always see what you're lacking. You got to see what you have. I have my health. I have my family. I have my joy. I, I, there, yes, there's been a price to pay, but I'm favored to prosper. God has been good to me. God has been good to me. Take, for instance, the life of Joseph. And I'm sorry for those of you watching at home. I'm getting all excited. I haven't been on a platform in six weeks. I'm getting all excited. If there was a Hammond organ right now, I'd just be up here. You know how I get. Take, for instance, the life of Joseph. Joseph was destined for great things, and he knew it. Sometimes it's difficult to know that you're blessed because you'll start, you'll start walking around and letting everybody know. You know, even Jesus did miracles on earth, being fully God and fully man, being the visible image of the invisible God, and he'd do miracles, and he'd say, don't tell nobody. We pray for somebody and they get healed and they're like, hold up, pretend like you're sick again so I can get the selfie of me healing you right now. Because we, it's like we need that credit. Joseph knew he was favored. And it was hard for him to contain it. He'd walk up to his brothers. What's up, brothers? My, my, my. Just to think one day you're going to be bowing in front of me. Yeah, don't do that, by the way. He knew he was blessed. He was his father's favorite. He was a dreamer. He was dreaming about big things, but he was despised by his brothers. His brothers were jealous of him. The only person that loved him was his father. Does that resonate with somebody watching right now? I feel like I'm talking to a Joseph. You say, nobody loves me, nobody cares about me. I promise you, there's one person that loves you. He's your heavenly father, and he favors you. He clothes you. He blesses you. He's with you. He's for you. Even when your brothers conspire against you, he's been favoring you for a mighty long time. His brothers planned on killing him, but they didn't want blood on their hands, so they sell him into slavery. Can you imagine dreaming such big dreams? Can you imagine having the favor of your father? So much potential, but your own brothers sell you into slavery? Can you imagine? I'm, I tell you, I think my dreams would have died. I think I would have said, you know what? There's no favor here. That was all in my head. That was all emotion. What hope could he have? But Joseph had something going for him. 
Joseph had the favor of God. Didn't matter who hated him. Didn't matter who didn't like him. It didn't matter who was jealous of him. Joseph had the favor of God. And God's favor trumps man's jealousy. About nine years ago, I made a transition in my ministry. I went through a tumultuous time, and there was a shift. There was a change that I made, and not everybody was happy with my change. And I had men that rose up and cursed me. I still remember one man said, you will never preach outside the United States again. I mean, I had people rise up against me and try to curse this ministry, try to undermine this ministry, tried to bring me under. But nine years later, I've flown over two million miles around the world preaching in more countries in the last nine years than I did in the first 12 years of ministry. And you say, how can that be? Because I'm favored to prosper. It doesn't matter what man wants to curse me, what group wants to curse me. It doesn't matter if anyone is against me. If God God before me, who can be against me? That's what Joseph had going for him. He had the favor of God. He was favored to prosper. Even in his trial, he was favored to prosper. Because watch this, he sold to a man named Potiphar, who's a member of the personal staff of Pharaoh. He's still a slave. He's still hated, but now he gets to live in a palace because God has a way of making sure to position you into a place a blessing. He doesn't have anything to his name. He doesn't have any money, but he lives like royalty. He eats like royalty and he dresses like royalty because he's favored to prosper. Joseph has, I, 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 I feel it again. I'm prophesying to some Josephs. You don't deserve what you have going for you. I don't need, you don't even know why you're blessed the way you are. It's because every good and perfect thing cometh from the Father that is above. You're a steward of God's blessing. You, you're right. That doesn't belong to you, but it belongs to your heavenly Father. And because you've been engrafted as part of the seed of Abraham, now you're a partaker of the blessing of God. Joseph went into Potiphar's house, a slave, but by the time he left, he's the ruler of Potiphar's house and riches. He went from slavery to leadership because he was favored to prosper. And then after that point, Potiphar's wife wants him, but he's a man of integrity. He's a man of character, and he refuses to bow down and to give up what he knows to be right. So now he's lied about, he's falsely accused again, and now he's sent to another prison. He's sent to prison for having integrity. Sometimes you'll suffer because you made the right decision. Sometimes you'll go through persecution because you had the courage to stand up rather than bow down to religious systems and, and, and into tyrannical systems and to the lies of the enemy. Sometimes you'll suffer for making right decisions. And so here he is in prison. But even in prison, Joseph exemplifies what I'm preaching about today because his ministry and his anointing does not depart. He ends up interpreting dreams in the prison. He's supposed to be a prisoner, but he's ministering in the prison. And not just to anyone, but he's interpreting dreams to Pharaoh's butler and baker because God knows how to position you even when you're in captivity. God knows how to position you. I'm prophesying to someone right now. God knows how to position you by a person 
to a relationship, to a job, to a church, to an investor. God knows how to sit you down next to the right person on the bus when the buses roll again. God knows how to connect you to the right person on the right live stream at the right time for the, to, to unlock the next door to your business. God knows how to position you by people that can bless you and invest in you and, and do things for you because you're favored to prosper. So don't curse where you're at. Don't give up on where you're at because where you're at might be where God has positioned you for the next thing, the next great thing that God is going to do in your life. So he's in prison interpreting dreams and the and he ends up leaving the prison to interpret dreams for pharaoh himself catch that he's lied about he's cheated out of his job but now while he 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 he, he prophesies and interprets dreams to a baker and a butler not knowing that they're connected to pharaoh and somehow he's connected to the right people that connect him to Pharaoh, and now he's interpreting dreams for Pharaoh, and the boy that was lied about and cheated about, or cheated out of a job, is now appointed to rule all of Egypt, and Pharaoh even puts a ring on his finger as a sign of his power and his authority. I'm decreeing to you that before this year is over, there's going to be a visible image that God's favor is all over your life. It's going to be undeniable. You're, nobody's going to be able to argue it. God's favor is on you. God's blessing is on you. There's going to be a ring on your finger. There's going to be an authority in your words, and it's going to just be evident. God's favor is on my life. So be careful. Be careful that you don't put a period where God intends for there to be a comma. You be careful that you don't say the end where God is about to say chapter two. God will make sure that you get connected to the right people. God will make sure that you minister to the right people. The baker, and hear this, this is important for someone. It wasn't the baker that blessed Joseph. It wasn't the butler that blessed Joseph. But they were connected to the man that was going to bless Joseph, you don't know what this connection is going to lead to next. You don't know who you're going to meet along the way. Hated by your brothers, sold into slavery, but you don't know when it's all said and done, if you're not going to be like Joseph, ministering to Pharaoh and have, a, have authority on your finger. And not only that, by the time it's all said and done, Pharaoh says, you know what? You rule all of Egypt because he's favored to prosper. I'm closing with this. Philippians says, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. Because for me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I don't really know which is better. I'm torn between two desires, because I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. What, the, what, what, what he's saying is, I'm so blessed, it doesn't matter what happens to me, I still win. 
it doesn't matter what comes my way. I'm still going to experience the favor of God. I might be falsely accused, but I'm still going to be blessed. I might live through hell, but I'm going to experience heaven. That's why the poor can say they're rich. That's why the weak can say they're strong. That's why the sick can say they're healed. That's why you can declare today that you're the head and not the tail. Because God is with you. And if God be for you, and if God be with you, who can be against you? So I declare the word of the Lord over you one more time out of Jeremiah. This is what the Lord says while in captivity. Some of us have felt captives in our home. Some of us, you know, this quarantine, I, I, depending where you're watching in the country, this, when I told my wife I was going to go preach, she's like, here, I already packed your bag. God bless you. Have a great time. She's ready. She's like, you got to go. It's been six weeks. But here's what the Lord says about quarantine and captivity. He said, you build homes. You plant gardens. You eat the food that they produce. You marry and have children. Find spouses for your kids so that they can have grandchildren. Multiply and don't dwindle. I challenge you in Jesus' name to believe that you're favored of God, that God has great plans for you and become, just, just be full of ingenuity. Say, Father, give me a new dream. Give me a new way of doing things. Give me a new idea to start a new business. Father, show me a way that I can be blessed even in my captivity. Father, I declare that I'm favored. I'm favored to prosper. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. And even this season is going to be blessed. Say, Pastor Tony, are you sure about what you're preaching? Oh, yes, I am. Just examine your life over the last six weeks and tell me if this word isn't true. Have you faltered? Have you run out? You say, well, I don't have what I had, but have you run out? Has there been food on your table? Has there been joy in your home? I know there's been question marks because I've had question marks too, but you know what God's done to my question marks? In his, in his divine, incredible way of being, he's taken my question marks and he's straightened them out and he's made them exclamation marks. God's made those things that I was concerned about, testimonies of the goodness and the favor of God. God has been good to you. You've had plenty. He sent manna from heaven. Just when you didn't know how you were going to pay a bill, God made sure there was a little bit of money that you found in a purse or in a pocket that you forgot about. Or God made sure there was a stimulus check that came to your house. Or the Lord made sure that something else happened. God made sure that when you went to the grocery store, maybe there wasn't chicken the first two times, but there was chicken the third time. Because God knew that you needed to eat a little steak. I'm favored to prosper. I gotta, I gotta find the goodness of the Lord even when things look rough I bet if Joseph was here and he could testify for himself he'd say I hated the pit and I didn't really care for the prison but it had had it not been for the pit and the prison I would have never made it to the palace so I'm decreeing and blessing and praying over you today as I get ready to make this altar call that God's gonna use this season and I know it's wrapping up and we see light at the end of the tunnel. There's light in the evening time. But I'm believing that even as you come out of this, you're just going to start tripping over the blessing of God. You're just going to find blessing everywhere you go. 
I have a prophet, a mentor in my life named Morton Buster. And when we were coming out of 2019 into 2020, he gave me a prophetic word and he said, 2020 will be like, un, it will be unlike any year you've ever seen. He was right. He was right. He was right. It'd be unlike any year you've ever lived through. He said, the last time we saw a double year was 1919. He said, this will be like anything you, unlike any other year you've lived in your lifetime. He was right. Now I know some people have taken that as a negative and they said, well, yeah, but look, look, look what's happened and COVID has shut us down and this and that. Hey, that's only three months of a long year. You still got May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. You still have eight months to live in the blessing the overflow, the favor, the abundance, the prosperity of God. He sustained you. You've been like the Israelites walking through the desert. He sustained you. He, he put a pillar of cloud. He put a pillar of fire and a cloud to, to guide you. He gave you daily manna and he sent quail for you to eat. But now you're about to possess the promise. You're coming out of this. You better thank God. You better get Miriam's dance in your step and get Miriam's tambourine in your hands because you're about to cross over into the favor the blessing the double portion and by the time this year is over we're going to celebrate and declare this was unlike any year i've ever lived through god has been good to me now these musicians and these singers are about to sing i don't know what they're going to sing but i think i hear that melody about his goodness is running after me i think that's what i hear and if i don't hear it I hope they can catch on really quick that that'd be a real good song to sing right now. It's chasing you. The reason you haven't gone under is because he's been chasing you. He's been like, like a parent chasing a toddler through Walmart. He's been chasing you and he's been holding on to you. God's goodness and mercy has been running after you, running after you. And I want to pray for you right now. I feel God's blessing his mercy his abundance his prosperity over you i want to pray god's blessing god's richest blessing upon you you know in the book of acts when they prayed for the sick they would anoint handkerchiefs where's my daddy's handkerchief they'd pray over handkerchiefs and they'd send it to the sick and they would be healed by the point of contact well i can't send you my dad's handkerchief primarily because it's the last one i have left but I'm praying through that fiber optic cable right now and that Wi-Fi signal and that cable internet that you have or however you're watching this. I'm praying through that iPhone and yay, even that Android right now. I'm praying the blessing and the favor of God. And if you would, just stretch your hand. I know that sounds silly to some, but it's a point of contact right now. Why don't you stretch your hand right now and let me pray the blessing of the Lord because I, I just believe, especially for this house that I'm preaching in right now, right here in Bethesda, right here in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia, I'm declaring the abundant blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray right now. Father, upon the authority of the Word of God and the power that's in the name of Jesus, I take authority over sin, sickness, and disease. And in Jesus' mighty name, I speak healing over the people of God. I speak abundance over the people of God. I speak joy over the people of God. May laughter fill their home again. May money fill their bank accounts. May they be called back to their jobs. 
and may they find raises when they get called back. Father, put new in inventions and ingenuity in their minds. Find new streams of wealth for your people and let them walk in their blessing. May they walk under the blessing of Isaac. May they sow seeds in the time of famine and reap 100-fold type blessings. God, I declare your blessing is upon our family, our marriages, our children, upon our churches, our ministers, our brothers and our sisters. The favor of God is over our banking institutions, over our government, over the president, the vice president, the speaker of the house, the senate majority leader, every member of the house, every member of the senate, every state governor, every state legislator and local legislator. I cover them under the blood of Jesus and I declare that they're blessed. I declare that God is on them. I rebuke every type of partisan politic that would try to detour or stop our blessings. I call for an end to it now in the name of Jesus let the government of the people let it be for the people and let it serve the people because let the hand of God just orchestrate what needs to be done we call the nation to open up we call the churches to open up and father I ask you open the floodgates of heaven and let it rain in Jesus mighty name wherever you are give God praise right now in Jesus name hallelujah thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the Bethesda Church podcast if you'd like to support this ministry financially you can do so by going to bethesdachurch.tv give we'll catch you on the next episode have a great day